0: Welcome to the PG Daily. This season is dedicated to financially empowering the residents of Prince George's County. Join our host, Keith Carrollah, as he sits down with several financial experts to discuss ways for you to find money, make money,
1: and better understand money. Get ready to be empowered. Today's guest is Walter Simmons. But well, I hear you saying market research. Yep. Um, and obviously, that's generally the way to go: get your target audience found, get your, your, your different iterations and try. Yeah, but based on what you you go to conferences nationally, regionally, mm-hmm. uh, what businesses would you like to see attempted, brought here, done more of? I think that that is some of the innovation because people are so tried and true to this professional, scientific, and technical services tab that what do you wish would be diversified you mentioned sort of micro categories within these structures but what could be introduced to the prince george's job market
0: i think the biggest i, I, I think i'm gonna hit answer this with two questions i'm gonna give you the answer that you want and the answer that i want so but i'm gonna start with the answer. That
1: i'm I glad want. you share the, the answer that <laughs> i want
0: is that i see from across the country i just left the u.s virgin islands Economic development. That's
1: why you didn't return my calls. <laughs> that
0: no, is, I, I, you know, but, <laughs> but I, you can come next time. <laughs> right. uh, economic development consultants, and and what I mean is because the the market that we've seen, even with coming in a President Trump, has drastically changed, and every locality across this country is having to focus on ensuring, especially with a with a, going from a recession to where we're at now with a smaller a low unemployment rate and people trying to attract businesses and grow talent, they're trying to figure out what kind of economic development drivers can they create. And there's not a lot of economic development minority owned companies or consultants or even those that are recognized at a national level that that are minorities. And I think that's a way with everything being in and out of D.C., Prince George's County businesses and the people here are are so closely connected to the thought creators and the people who run the country, they can directly connect with them. You see them at the gas station, you see them at restaurants, you see them in your HOAs because they live here. They don't work in D.C. and live in Ohio, right? Uh, I think the economic development, the Virgin Islands is rebuilding. Uh... People are building, rebuilding in Puerto Rico. California is redesigning because of wildfires. Uh, the Midwest is changing because they're trying to attract more people. You got to look at the South and the border. They're redesigning how they align with immigration. And that you look at even into even along the East Coast, uh, the with, with the growing change in climate, that places that didn't used to be tourism areas are tourism areas now. But who is helping them? develop and do planning, do economic development, attract the developers. There's a lot of need out there. And I think that's something we see. Locally, what I would like to see in Prisher's County, one of the top 13 in-demand industries in our county is real estate. There's a lot of real estate jobs. And when I say we look at real estate and then you break it down to those micro occupations, you gotta look at, you have to look at blueprints Reading, You have to look at the construction engineers that are developing these site plans, city planners. Those are areas where you don't see a lot of minorities and you don't see a lot of minority on firms that I think is a prime opportunity and it directly relates to STEM. And across the country, you don't see a lot of minorities or women in STEM. And I think the link between taking STEM and showing how STEM careers relate to real estate and everything that goes in real estate from construction to designing to city planning. Uh, And a lot of people don't even realize in the construction industry, how much are done now by drones and how much are done by 3D graphics and that are done by math equations that we're learning in middle school. And it all starts in the beginning. So I would love to see people really especially an in-demand industry is real estate, really diagnosing that and looking at all the different micro-industries, looking at all the different occupations and careers, linking them to STEM and ensuring that we're preparing people from first grade to a Prince George's Community College to maximize a market that is demanding the people and the students that we're creating in Prince George's County.
1: What you just described was connectivity at the end there. And I salute you and the others in the county who have been keen to understand that we need to make processes more efficient, truncate certain things. They're too vast. But in saying that um, and in and in knowing different disciplines, I'm going to use a terminology called connective tissue. Mm-hmm. The connective tissue in this county is still uh, very disconnected a person can, I mean, even the colleges are just finding this out around the board because they've created this and fallen behind this thing called Pathways now, where they've tried to streamline the idea of, hey, you don't have to sit here for five or six years finding out which discipline to really get these credit hours for to get out of here. So we're beginning to see uh, folks piece together the connective tissue to make outcomes more efficient. For But when you talk about, micro-occupations in these industries, and how each of them are little drivers, each of them are little mechanisms that make the entire industry a success, or at least make it have a product at the end, um, or some deliverable. These puzzle pieces to a given industry, how are we developing that connective tissue? It's still hard for adults, educated, otherwise educated adults, to make that connective tissue a reality for youth in school, for uh, academic clubs, and you have a student who comes up and says, you know, Mr. Heath, Mr. Walter, I want to do X, Y, and Z, and we go, we scratch our head and we go, well, let me sit down and try to figure it out and find something. Why isn't it more plain? Why isn't it there, why isn't there a more reliable station to see how micro occupations and these little puzzle piece Jobs um, fit into a given industry because I think that too is part of the future of business.
0: That is the future of business, and and if we if I could answer it, I'd be a millionaire because that is the that is the issue that across the country we're having. That's the issue we're having in Maryland with Kerwin. That's the issue that every small business complaining with their chamber. That's the issue that the U.S. Department of Labor can't figure out they're across their intersection between the US Department of Education so we have to we have to figure out a way to meet the need of business and to do that we have to figure out what are the needs of business what are the occupations and then translate that the connective tissue to a curriculum education then translate that into assessments and career exploration that the mom and dad can sit at the dinner table and talk with their child or the single mom can talk with their child about the, the, the younger Walter, the younger Heath to say, what do you want to do? And have something plain and simple that they can show them, well, I like to drive fire trucks or, or that I like to do building blocks or that I like to put Legos together that they can translate that into a career that this child has never seen before. When we are able to do that, we'll maximize it and uh talking about the future of business there's so many education and economic development consultants that are trying to do that but people haven't figured out and that's why honestly that's why this that's why we're in a a paradigm shift in our economy where people don't value a four-year degree anymore because we had we used to went to a point where we didn't have enough people in degrees then we said everybody go to college and we oversaturated the market. Now there's not enough people in our building trades, but we're developing, you drive around the Beltway and you see cranes at every exit and you don't have enough crane operators because the average person in the building trades is 52 years old, right? And that's because there was nobody translating that and putting that connective tissue together to stop the saturated market. And in the, when we create that and the people that create that is people, Amazon, Monster... There's a lot of companies who are trying to do that, and they have various different tools, uh, career edge, career team. When people can create it and somebody can replicate it on a mass level, you will see the person that does it, you'll see the economic success of like a Michael Bloomberg with how everybody does the the stocks.
1: Now, you mentioned communication is really important for a young person in the job market and job experience to be competitive. But how do you sell a young person on the image, the idea of success, when you're the image of success? Suit and tie, nice shoes, dress pants, all of that. You know, how do you sell the idea of a crane operator as an image of success? We don't market that way. Oftentimes we have these clips of people in these industry sort of focused ads for a political campaign when they're like job creation and they show the person moving something with a, a construction equipment or, or a piece of equipment or something like that. But that's still not the image of success that suit and tie collar shirt, dress shoes, slacks, what have you amounts to be.
0: And see, I think I say this all the time to a lot of people I engage with Art uh, the generation behind us sees life through the lens that we create we're we're all uh you would say ophthalmologists and opticians working at lens crafters or vision works right we have to do a better job of creating a lens in our youth program at employee prince george's uh we have knowledge equals youth success and youth career connections we commonly bring in people that and we ask them and meet the students where they are you like cars you know, do you want to go to Miami to to the club and live? That costs, it costs $200 to get a, a premiums ticket there, right? And we have to show people that a crane operator can afford that. We have to show people that uh, the owner of a, a janitorial company that has that, that has the contract, the Clean Prince George Community College, can afford that. But also a lawyer can afford it. Also a doctor can afford it we have to show people and not be afraid to tell the next generation that in every occupation you can be wealthy. You can reach your dream in every industry. I know people who own dump trucks, CDLs. I know people who made a life after picking up trash but they pick up trash in 17 government buildings. And I know people, I have a friend of mine that's a pediatrician that went to school for 10 years, right? But we have to provide that lens. When a student walks into a school from the time they go to pre-K to the time they're in high school, They should, sh- we should show that lens of successful careers across the board. We've gotten caught taking the easy route of only showing successful careers with shirts and ties and not showing successful careers with safety vests on, hard hats, work boots, or actually uh a shirt a, sh- a shorts and no shirt with a surfboard um i have a friend of mine right now that does tequila tours in mexico and has a a condo in downtown new york and has never worn a shooting certain tie in his entire professional career and is a millionaire what people don't want to talk about with the with the legalization or decriminalization across the country of medical marijuana. I've had friends that have sold their prominent businesses to move to California, to move to Denver, and become medical marijuana producers and growers and own dispensaries. Success does not have a box. Success does not have a look. Success does not have a uniform. The one thing that successful people have is a smile and a work ethic because they enjoy what they do because they enjoy it. They're invested in it and the amount of investment that they put in has yielded the return of the work that they've contributed. Success doesn't look like anything. It's, it's so, this is a, the, the greatest economy in the world. You can make money at anything you want to do.
1: But as president CEO, employee Prince George is as a member of the workforce board for the state. How do we, Allow young people to begin making determinations around successful lifestyles beyond suit and tie. How do we market that exposure? We ha- we make a point to bring people in. I
0: learned this several years ago. Change you can see is change you can believe in. And I learned that for me is that I didn't once believe that I could be a thirty year old president, CEO, or lead a workforce system. At nineteen twenty, I didn't believe that until i saw it until i saw that first success we have to show people people in that environment we have to show black and brown successful women to black and brown girls we have to show successful people with sneakers on to people who like baron jordans and not chastise them for wearing jordans it's exposure and we have really struggled at every level from the home Because this is a bedroom community where we told people, go get a good government job, right? But people don't realize the average income of a a person working in the Painter's Union or Association of Building Contractors, they make $55,000 a year and you can get into the Painter's Union without a high school diploma. When the average educational salary of somebody with a college degree is what, 40-some thousand? Mm But because they don't, they don't know that they can work for uh, ABC business and the construction trades and, and make Davis bacon wages of 50000 They don't know you can work for Pepco as a lineman and start off at $67,000 with just a high school diploma. And they don't know because nobody told them. They don't know that you can work at MGM as a manager and make $70,000 because we're telling them to get this good government job. Or become a teacher and start out with 45 and work your way up. They don't know that they can get a job right now in high school as a bellman, a bellhop, checking bags at Weston. And they don't realize that the general manager at the Weston that makes six figures, that 15 years ago, that same person was a bellman. And he never went to college. They don't know that. They don't know that you can work at MGM as a vice president and travel around this country. And that one of the largest, most successful vice presidents, and, and the MGM arena that works out of National Harbor didn't get her first job in hospitality with a college degree. She didn't get a college degree until she'd been in the industry for 10 years. But that's because nobody told them. Nobody shown them. Nobody shown them. And that's what we have to do. Part of the high schools that I'd like to see in even elementary schools is that we bring in more professionals into the classroom. This podcast was recorded at Prince George's Community Radio. Located on the campus of Prince George's Community College, the music for the podcast has been provided by David Smalls, and the PG Daily is executively produced by
1: David Smalls. Join us next time for more financial empowerment.